0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. All right, everybody, here we are. Instant reaction podcast, inside boxing live. This is your host, Dan Canobio. No bells and whistles at the beginning of this. Episode because we're pushing 2 a.m. here on the east coast. It's now Sunday morning. We just witnessed one of the better heavyweight fights of recent memory. Tyson Fury knocks out Deontay Wilder in the 10th round of an all time classic. They said on the telecast, Brian Kenny said that this was Gotti Ward of the heavyweight division. And Gotti Ward is like the standard. When you throw out Gotti Ward, you better, you know, you better not embarrass yourself with the type of fight it was. This one, if you think about it, it was the Gotti Ward type of fight for the heavyweights. Everything, uh, factor in everything. The, you know, it wasn't the most skillful fight, but they both hit the deck. They both got up. A hellacious, hellacious war between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury gets the last laugh uh and he is laughing right now because apparently after the fight he went up to deontay wilder wanted to shake cans wanted to make amends wanted to show some sportsmanship wilder did not go for it he left the ring just sent me a video and he would not uh wilder wouldn't go for it he wouldn't uh give him any respect afterwards that's a story that will 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 uh, matriculate and develop over the next couple of days. But let's talk about the fight right away. Uh, the entrances. I uh, thought Deontay Wilders was, uh, obviously, it was lighter, his costume this time, but still a really cool entrance. Uh, he came in. Uh, there was a little bit of a delay. Many thought it was a glove thing. Some people speculated that Wilder was waiting for the Alabama game to end. Alabama got upset, number one. Uh, so two Alabama products lost. Uh, tonight, uh, Alabama uh, Crimson Tide football team and Deontay Wilder, both from Tuscaloosa, but uh, from right from the start, there was gamesmanship from from Wilder. He is not used to entering the ring first uh, as the challenger. Uh, he made T- Tyson Fury wait. So then Tyson Fury enters the ring, some 300 Sparta-inspired with dancers and stuff. So right away, there was electricity in the air uh, from the entrances. They get into the ring, and they face off. And in the first round, you saw something from Deontay Wilder you hadn't seen uh, in a long time. Probably have to go back to the first Tavern fight when Wilder was lighter on his feet. Obviously, he was as he came in at 238, jabbing, punching, boxing. He was almost like made it the point, like I'm gonna I'm gonna box you in this first round, Wilder. He threw a lot of jabs, a lot of jabs to the body, but they were he was loading up on his punches. And I th- said right away, I was like, man, he is throwing really hard punches. And we knew that he came in at 238, so you know he's gonna gas out. And but that first round, I think, was what everything that Malik Scott has been trying to implement, and everything we have heard from Deontay Wilder's uh game plan and and his this new refurbished or whatever he was saying for the last couple of weeks is I'm gonna box, I'm gonna go to the body. And he did it for one round. And it was I thought he won the first round. Uh Fury had a good moment at the end of the round where they cracked him, but it's not you have to win the whole round, not just the end. So uh I thought Wilder came out looking different. I was hmm let's see if this can last. But that was quickly erased. And this is something that I talked about on um, last week's show with with Lennox Lewis. Lennox Lewis I said This is a fight. It's primal. This fight was more primal than any of the of the other two. Uh, Wilder can say that he's going to come in and jab. He can come out for the first couple of rounds and maybe try to move around and be and box a little more. But he might just go back to what got him there. He might just relegate back to a brawl. And he did that. So by the third round, he's on the canvas. And I thought it was going to be done. I thought it was just, just the, it was going to be a carbon cut copy of the second fight where uh, Tyson Fury was just going to lay it on him after that first knockdown in the third round uh, for, for Fury. But you've got to give credit to Deontay Wilder. He came back. He came back hard. By the fifth round, Tyson Fury's on the canvas. And this is when I looked at my dad who was in the, uh, we're in the office here, Box, and we just had a look of just, oh, my God. Because one, in a fight, when both guys hit the canvas in a two- to three-round span, that's when you enter like crazy territory. And this fight entered crazy territory by the fifth round. Not only did Fury hit the deck once, he hit the deck twice. And those were hard, flush shots. I thought that Wilder's shot on Fury in the fifth round was a lot harder and more powerful than Fury's shot on Wilder in the third, if that makes any sense. And you got to give Fury credit. He got up off the canvas twice. He had no legs. It was the, it was the, he's the first time in his career that he's been knocked down twice in one round. So Wilder clearly had a lot behind those that 238 pounds. So he had heavy hands tonight. Because he never really, like, you didn't see him extend on a shot tonight. It was just straight up you know, animalistic in there. And then things all got just, just haywire from there. You, know, the, you had Wilder who looked like he did. In the second fight, his legs were gone. He had that you know, glazed look on his face, started bleeding from his mouth, bleeding from his ear. And, but somehow he would just clip a fury. He was still dangerous despite having absolutely nothing left in the tank. But Fury recovered well. He recovered well in those middle rounds. No one, I don't think anyone thought it would go 10. I didn't. You know, I, I if I was a betting man, I probably would have bet the under of seven and a half. But in those middle rounds, you started to see Fury recover a little bit better. He had a little bit more bounce in his step. He was throwing a jab. And I, I agree with Lennox uh, that he needed to jab more Fury because every time Fury threw a jab, he landed it. But he didn't throw a lot of them in this fight. Neither guy threw a lot of jabs. It was just straight power shots. I'm not surprised by that at all. But those middle rounds, I thought Fury... Uh, you know, he got his legs back. He looked a little bit fresher, but he also didn't look great in this fight. Fury did not look great in this fight. He just had a little bit left. He was the last man standing. And I said this all week long, uh, to anyone that would listen. I said that I don't think the fight, I don't think Fury will look as good as he did in the second fight or the first. And I don't think Wilder will look as bad as he did in the second. I think it's going to be the most competitive of the three fights. And that's what it turned out to be. This was clearly the most competitive of all three of the fights. I mean, this is the only fight where both both guys hit the canvas. Nine knockdowns in the three fights. If you think about it, it was 12 rounds in the first fight. Seven rounds, that's 19. 29 rounds were fought. Was it the most compelling, like inside of the ring, 29 rounds? Was it the most technical 29 rounds of, of heavyweight uh, history was it Ali and his, and Frazier and go up to the 80s, go through the 90s, you know, with Bo and in Holyfield and and that era. No, but if you add in everything, the outside of the ring shenanigans, the personalities. Deontay Wilder is a personality. He is a whether you like him or not, he he makes you you elicit like feelings, emotions, reactions when he speaks. Tyson Fury is a huge character. Tyson Fury would have been a character in the 70s and 80s he would have been going toe to toe with with ali so if you throw everything in there with the covid and the litigation the fact that that tyson fury was supposed to fight anthony joshua and that whole saga this is going to go down as one of the best three fight sagas in boxing history it had everything you everything of boxing the good bad and the ugly Conspiracy theories, you had, there was a tinge of race in, in these. Don't act like there wasn't because there absolutely was. Cheating, <laughs> you got a pandemic in the middle of it. You got three fights, you got knockdowns, you got draws, you got slow counts. Press conference moments, both guys making asses of themselves in press conferences. Bob Aram cursing out Coppinger. Bob Arum saying nasty things about Kate Abdo. Deontay Wilder making terrible gestures about Christina Poncher. Then the fight comes through, and you remember why you love the sport. You remember why you put up with all the crap that led up to this fight. And it's funny, you know, just we talked about for months what Twitter would be like tonight, boxing Twitter. I haven't been on it too much because I'm doing this, but I see a lot of people giving respect to Wilder. I see a lot of people saying that they would maybe want to see a fourth fight. I see a lot of people saying this was like one of the best fights they've ever seen. So you're willing to put up with all the crap. And I got to give a shout out to Andre Ward. I think he, he was excellent tonight. I, he's always good. And I, I think he made a great point when he said we, we're in an era of boxing where the best don't fight the best. You know, it's sometimes the second best don't even fight the second best in division, third best. And now we have three guys. We have, we have guys in one division, heavyweights, Tyson Fury, Deontay Well, who fought each other three times and delivered. So hopefully this is, you know, a lot of young fighters watch, and, they and, you know, this inspires maybe, a, you know, Errol Spence to want to fight uh, Terrence Crawford. And, you know, I'm not going to go too far on that whole uh, road here where we don't see the best fighting the best because I do think the end of the year november december is going to be outstanding october too i mean in two weeks we'll have Shakur stevenson versus jamel herring and then october 30th we have Dillian white another heavyweight was out of and then we're rolling to november with november is one of the best boxing months that i can remember in the last 10 years so boxing's definitely on a heater right now this fight is going to do massive massive numbers uh i think should, the pay-per-view should do well it's one of the rare fight, mega fights where it actually exceeded expectations and fans are going to go home happy and fans are going to tell, uh, you know, boxing fans are going to tell their casual fr- uh, sports friends about this fight. Like, hey, maybe you should, guys should order the Canelo fight in two weeks and we can have a party. <laughs> Who knows? It's a good thing for boxing. Finally, you, you know, it wasn't like a black eye where we had to worry about, you know, bad judging or, um, you know, an inconclusive end. That was pretty damn conclusive. Deontay Wilder went down like Tommy Hearns did against Marvin Hagler in uh, four of the best rounds ever fought. It wasn't that type of fight, but just the way he went down, like he was out. And I don't know how he got back up to his feet and eventually walked out of the ring on his own. But the way he went down was like the culminative. It was just like the end. And Tyson Fury is standing. He's the man. Tyson Fury is the heavyweight champion. It was a question asked. Whoever wins this fight, are, are they looked at as the heavyweight champion? Because Alexander Usyk has three of the other belts. Yes, Tyson Fury remains the best heavyweight in the world. thought he was entering the fight. But to me right now, the top four is Tyson Fury, Alexander Usyk, and then I guess Wilder third? Dillian White third? But I think it's pretty damn clear that it's Fury and Usyk who are the top two right now. You can put Joshua White and... Wilder, any which way, they all have one or two losses, and I don't really, I don't rate Deontay White that high. We'll see, we'll see how uh, what he does against Otto Valine because that's what's next too. You always want to think about what's next, and that's the the beauty of boxing is, okay, what's each guy going to do next? What is next for Deontay Wilder? I mean, this is now twenty rounds in a row with a year in between of hellacious beatdowns, just taking punishment, and tonight he took. Massive punishment. In that second fight, he took a lot of big shots, but he never went down like he did tonight. That last knockout was vicious. What can he possibly do next? How do you go from that type of fight, making $20 million, to what, go to the Barclays Center and fight who? Andy Ruiz? Robert (laughs) Hellenus? No. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if, if Deontay Weller never fought again or wanted to go for one of these big guys. You know wanted the Fury again or wanted Joshua wants Usyk. I mean, he's definitely a top 3 guy. I mean, he he showed so much grit tonight. I don't want to hear ne- one more negative thing about the guy. No, everyone, he was like the laughing stock and he was just like the punching bag for lack of a better term of for the last year with his excuses all brought on by himself. All the excuses and and everything the ne- crazy things he'd been saying for the last couple of years, but he came, he showed up in this fight with amazing heart and determination and gave everyone a hell of a fight. So that's Deontay Wilder. What's next for Fury It's the same thing. You know, Fury is a guy that could, I always say, he could retire at any time. He could retire tomorrow. I mean, would you be shocked if he never fought again? I wouldn't be shocked. These guys made a ton of money. And it's three years, three years of fighting the same person, not just fighting, but just having to think about that person, being asked about them nonstop, the whole pandemic, the everything. That takes a while to get over. Obviously, Dillian White is the number one contender at the WBC. He's been the top contender for about 600 days now. Technically, he should fight Fury next. Should White get past Valin? Yeah, that's a big fight, too. Dillian White versus Tyson Fury is a big fight. Like You put that in the UK, that could fill a stadium. It just, I, I just, after a fight like that, you just don't know where these fighters' heads are at. You don't know what Fury wants to do next. No one thought he was even going to defend this title. That's the thing. On, that was the knock on Fury, is that he's never successfully defended a, his heavyweight title. Well, he did tonight. He, he can scratch that one off. Tyson Fury is the guy. He's undefeated. He can retire undefeated, when it's all said and done. He beats Usyk. Uh, he can then fight Joshua or, or, you know, wilder again, white. He he says he wants to fight five more times and he made that list with white on it. And, um, I think he said he wanted to fight Chisora again. that's couldn't be just him, uh, saying ridiculous things, but wow. Tyson Fury is the guy. I thought the telecast was pretty good. Uh, you know Brian Kenny Lennox and Andre Ward don't usually all work together and they found the solid groove as for the whole card uh start from the first couple of fights of the night um we saw uh, some upsets on the prelims Julian Williams J Rock upset again uh he loses to Vladimir Hernandez um who came on late uh outlanded him by a pretty large margin from like the 6th round on that was pretty shocking i was on the ESPN slash Fox prelims. Edgar Berlanga escaped, is the right word, escaped. He was dropped by Marcelo Cosseras. Marcelo Cosseras fought uh, BJ Saunders a few years back, gave him trouble. Berlanga, I said this on the, on the podcast this week, Berlanga, star power is a lot more ahead of his in-ring ability. And every round he fights, you can see another facet of his game that he needs to improve on. For this one, he needs to put together his combinations. He was throwing one punch at a time. He didn't look fluid in there. Look at a guy that was like in between styles. Like he's, he's obviously a brawler and you can see that Rosier wanted them to be a boxer in this fight. He wanted them to throw 40 jabs per round. So he was like thinking a lot in there. Uh, you know, doesn't have the best footwork. Doesn't have the best speed has a lot of power. Uh, but they're talking about potentially he has a, a bicep tear. So we'll see with that. He was supposed to fight again on the Lomachenko Richard Comey card in December. I would be shocked if he fights on that. He had a big four-fight plan. That's the thing with boxing. You can't get too ahead of yourself. Four-fight plan for Berlanga. If fighting in a fight in December, he's going to fight in April. He's going to fight in June at the Puerto Rican Day Parade. You know, then it's all going to culminate with him fighting Canelo. I think we need to pump the brakes heavy on Edgar Berlanga and let this guy just develop. And he's only 24. Um but that's that was the prelim card. Then we also saw uh, Jared Anderson kick off the pay-per-view. I think, you know, he disposed of his opponent in like two rounds. He looked good. Uh, 21 years old, best American heavyweight prospect in boxing. And then we saw the Nordic nightmare. Robert Hellenius. Bro- Konaki broke his orbital bone. We'll get to that in a second. Robert Hellenius. The Nordic nightmare was a nightmare indeed again for Adam Konaki. Uh, from the first second of the first round, Hellenius unloaded bombs on Konaki. Konaki coming into the fight had defensive issues. Uh, he clearly did not work on them for the last you know year and a half, or since the last time they fought. Uh, his head was still straight there for Hellenus to hit, and he hit it a lot. Uh, it was a lot of low blows. Bizarre ending to that one. It wasn't actually a disqualification, uh, but it was a it was a TKO. But he didn't hit. Had two points deducted for low blows. He his last punch that. Konaki landed, was a little blow, and the, there was some confusion whether it was a DQ, TKO, whatever. He lost. Uh, Konaki's got to go back to the drawing board. Uh, his It was just a crossroads battle or in his career, and he lost. And Hellenius looks like a world beater. He looked like he did 10 years ago. So maybe he can get a few more big fights and a few more paydays because he looked outstanding. I'd like to see him against some of the bigger names in there. Frank Sanchez, F.A. Jagba, fight stunk. fight was horrible. I mean, they combined to land under hundred punches each uh, said coming into the fight. It could either be spectacular or it could suck. And it sucked. There's no sugarcoating coating that one. Uh, Frank Sanchez got the better of and knocked him down. It was even a weird moment in that where he knocked him down and then hit him while he was on the ground. Uh, they had a replay booth there uh, headed by Jay Nady and it didn't go to it. It was bizarre. Even the referee didn't even count when on the initial knockdown. So it wouldn't be a fight card in Vegas if there wasn't some shenanigans with the refs and the commission, and all that. But that was the prelims. Um, really good day of boxing, too. The Zone, geez, that felt like it was like 10 hours ago. Uh, Anthony Fowler lost to Liam Smith. That was a big upset. Jamie Mitchell upset. Shannon Courtney. Ted Cheeseman. Uh, the cheese got cheesed in and, and that fight. A lot of wars. Troy Williamson defeats Ted Cheeseman. This was a great day of boxing. It's one of the better days uh, of boxing. About 10 hours worth. You got your fill today. Every fight was compelling besides Frank Sanchez and F.A. Jogba. That was the one where you go uh, go to the bathroom, go out, get some drinks, um, get in your seats before Wilder Fury. Well, that's the story. Wilder and Fury. Three-year saga comes to a close, but the final punch, dropping Deontay Wilder flat on his face. And now we'll see what's next. We'll see... I'm sure Deontay Wilder will do, an, will do an interview with some of the uh, you know YouTube pages that he feels comfortable with, and we'll hear. Will he have excuses? What will he say about Tyson Fury? Cleared the air about this supposed moment that happened in the ring after, where Tyson Fury went up to Wilder, wanted to you know make amends, wanted to shake hands like men, and Wilder wanted no part of it. So, what will Wilder say? What will he do? When will he fight again? Will he fight again? Who will Fury fight? Will it be Dillian White? Will, he just, will Fury just simply wait until the winner of Joshua Nusik? I don't think he can do that. He'll get stripped. I think that the WBC is finally feeling the pressure from Hearn and team Dillian White because it's been about 600 days. You might not like Dillian White. I know a lot of people do, don't care for him, but rules is rules. He's been the mandatory the WBC. For like seven hundred days, so it's it's all lining up for him to fight Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury doesn't have a dance partner if he wants to fight. I know it's crazy that we're even thinking of another fight for these guys after that just barroom brawl. That was like Rocky moment. That was a Rocky moment. If if you handed a script to Sylvester Stallone, it's like, hey, check this out. Uh, after the two fights that happened between Wilder and Fury, this is how I think the third fight would go. If you were writing a script, I think Sly Stallone would say, I oh, don't know. It's a little heavy-handed. Terrible Sly Stallone impression. But that fight was a Rocky movie. We watched a Rocky movie slash barroom brawl for the heavyweight title and it exceeded expectations. You know, the definitive winner. Man, heavyweight division's buzzing. Boxing's buzzing. I usually say that at the end of every show, and people say, oh, man, why are you always trying to sell boxing to us? It's, it sucks right now, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't. It's never been better. Take a look at the upcoming schedule. There's compelling fights every weekend from here until December. I'm sure there's going to be fights added on every week. November, there's like 13 shows in November. Canelo's coming back. You got Herring versus Stevenson uh in October 23rd. Canelo versus Plant, November 6th, Mangilla versus Rosado, November 13th. You got uh King Rai versus Jojo Diaz that's gonna happen in November, T. Fimo versus Cambosos. Uh, you got Terrence Crawford versus Sean Porter. I'm probably missing so many other fights because there's too many to remember. But Boxing World's buzzing. This fight tonight delivered. It's it's awesome to see a fight, get all this attention heading into the week, mainstream attention. And then it finally delivers where well, you're proud to be a boxing fan. You're proud to go into work on Monday and say, oh, man, do you see that fight? And, you know, If you're the one guy at work that's the boxing fan, and you're usually taking lumps because Jake Paul, Logan Paul, Holyfield, and you're kind of embarrassed to say you're the boxing guy, now Monday you can go into work and put your head held high. (laughs) Uh, Did you see that fight? Yeah, I saw that fight. Told you it was going to be awesome. Good day for boxing. Wow. Really, really good one. We'll see you next week. We're going to do our normal show. We're going to probably be talking more about this. Got a really good guest for you. Uh, Break down the upcoming fights this weekend. Break it all down like we always do here on Inside Boxing Live. Signing off, Tyson Fury is the man, the lineal champ. He defeats Deontay Wilder and an all-time classic. See you next time.